Welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, brought to you by Cure Media, the leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. This is your weekly podcast to learn more about influencer marketing and social media in right around 15 minutes. I'm Sana Oudmark, Head of Marketing at Cure Media, and in this week's episode we have Emma Ryan, the UK-based founder and CEO at Ellery the talent management agency that specializes in everything influencers, social and communications. Emma has years of experience from working at fashion and retail brands such as Boho and Look Fantastic, and she will share her view on today's evolving marketing landscape and what emerging trends brands need to be aware of. We will also dig deeper into TikTok, where Emma is a true expert, and debunk some of the most common TikTok myths. Hey, Emma, and welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks. It's so great to have you here. Thank you. It's good to be here. Pleasure to have you here. But before we jump into today's topic, I'm super curious to hear a bit about you and your background. Cool. Um, So I'm Emma. I'm Emma Ryan, even. I am from the UK, specifically Manchester. I've been in digital marketing for around about, ooh, I want to say six to seven years now. Um, So that might actually seem like quite a short span span of time in comparison to some. However, I would say I think I entered it when social media, et cetera, just started to increase rapidly. Yeah, I've worked for quite um, a few large brands. I've worked for one that was more of a startup as well, which gave me, I would say, my footing in the door. I've learned a hell of a lot, I would say, over the last few years. Um, Dabbled in between like multi-channel marketing, so going from multiple mediums, so email, discount, etc., and then went more into fully-fledged influencer. So it's been a bit of a transition. It's been good. Um, Alongside influencer, I've done things such as like events, PR, um, all the wider communications, should we say. And Mm. yeah, that's a bit of me. I've moved on to now creating my own agency. So I basically am talent management and anything that like a brand would need, etc. It's in its first, oh, six weeks, I think it is. Um, So pretty early on, but going really, really well. That's so cool. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, as you said, a lot has happened the recent six, seven years. So based mm-hmm. on your experience from both digital marketing, but also I know you worked with within fashion for many years, what would you say are the biggest challenges for B2C brands in today's marketing landscape? Ooh, One of the main things I would say is reactivity. So a lot of brands, I would say sometimes think they're quick off the mark as well, especially um, when it comes to like influencer PR marketing. And sometimes they're maybe not as on the forefront as they think. Um, I think whether it's a larger brand or a small brand, sometimes you have to get through certain ropes, should we say, um, to get it for sign off. And sometimes that can delay and it pull it back. Um, Mm. However, don't get me wrong, there is some brands who totally smash it and go out there. Yeah, I would probably say that's one of the bigger things. Interesting. And can you give an example of a brand that you think does it well, that Ooh, manages to stay like relevant? Opposite, exactly, and not reactive. 
to be fair, I obviously worked for the Boohoo Group, but Pretty Little Pretty Little Thing are quite a good example of that. They are very much on the forefront of always being on it with social media. Um, they know where their next movement's going to be. Um, they're really, mm. really, really reactive, um, which is a great thing. And then also on a less, I would say, fashion front, there's other ones such as, oh, what are they called? Who is it? This sounds silly, but Aldi, even as a um, the British supermarket chain. So they're really reactive in terms of their social media, how they manage it, how they create press credibility, etc. Like they just seem to smash it out of the park. So that's like mm. a little difference. Um, but again, yeah. yeah, they're just really good and reactive. Cool. If we see that the six, seven years have changed stuff, we can definitely see that the past one and a half years have changed the industry and the way we do things. So how would you say that the industry changed and evolved over the last couple of years after COVID? What is the biggest impact I think I would probably say, I think we all knew it. It's always been going the way that it was going to be predominantly led by digital marketing. It always was. It mm. sounds awful to say, but the traditional forms of media are slowly dwindling, should we say. I think they've still got relevancy, but I think COVID just kicked that up a notch. Um, with us all being at home, um, we all had the freedom to shop much easily. We were always online, like t- online too much sometimes. Um, it just enabled it to spiff like even further forward, which meant... It was positive for some brands, but then for some brands, obviously, such as High Street, etc., it wasn't so much, which isn't good. But, um, yeah, I think it's always evolving. As much as I think we all say we're specialists and we all know X, Y, and Z, there's always going to be certain things that will always be a little bit lagged behind on because things move so rapidly. It's untrue. Mm. Yeah, definitely one of the things I learned from the last couple of years or even last year is that you always need to stay on Mm. the tip of your toes and you can never think that you know it all and you can never set a plan for for a long period of time because you know things can change and you need to be adaptive and flexible as a marketer and as a company a hundred percent like it's the thing of always being on which is sometimes a blessing and sometimes a curse um yeah because I think we all need time away sometimes um and especially from social media as well so it can be a very powerful tool, um, but also Definitely. sometimes negative when you need a, a little break. Definitely, yeah. And here we are now. It's the summer is over, and um, mm-hmm. we're looking forward to mm-hmm. to an autumn full of eventful things. And what would you say is the biggest trend emerging right now in the in the digital marketing space? Ooh. To be fair, I think we all know what it is. It's video and it's TikTok. Um, <laughs> the key player. Um, I think Instagram, etc., is trying to marry up and go against them. It's doing its best to try and reap the relevance there. But TikTok is just huge. Like, I I won't lie in saying it's been a blessing for helping me in growth from the agency as well for the talents that I manage. And also, not even just for, say, content creators, for your everyday person who decided to get on the app in COVID as well. Um, But alongside TikTok as a platform, just video, short form video is just huge right now, as we know. Um, It's so immersive. It's so easy to watch. 
uh, yeah, it's, it's just where I would say we're leading towards. And we, we always have been very, very slowly, but I don't think people realise the impact of it until TikTok came along and just went, here you go. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> and I think we can see that in in most industries, not only in mm. the B2C space, but also in the B2B space, for example, that video as a content format is growing yeah. a lot because we want to see people, we're working from home and we want to yeah. engage with not only texts and photos, which is mm-hmm. more static. Yeah, it, I think it just, it provides more context, whether it's a brand or a person, like it's just so much easier and more engaging to look at as opposed to a still image. Don't get me wrong, I love photography, I love static images, I love yeah. how they can come across, but it's just video format, it's just so much more engaging. You can definitely see it in the influencer space as well, with more mm. with more Instagram lives and live shopping and all these yeah. videos and everything that is mm-hmm. on TikTok as well. Yeah. That takes us to, to the next subject, which is TikTok, where I know you have Lots of expertise and where you spend probably a lot of time (laughs) on the platform Mm -hmm. daily. Uh, So you're the right person to ask about this topic. (laughs) And I think that to many of us marketers out there, this distinction between Instagram and TikTok can probably seem a bit blurry, especially Mm -hmm. now as, as you said that Instagram, they are introducing new features that are quite Mm. similar to the ones we've seen in TikTok before, such as Reels as an example. So so just to clarify and to bring everyone to the same page, if we look at TikTok versus Instagram, what would you say are the main similarities and the big differences between the different platforms? Okay, so I think like you just said, they are becoming quite aligned in the sense of that Instagram is coming for TikTok to try and be very similar to it. Um, mm. But I would say the main difference should we say for myself and the way we look at it is TikTok is very much more I would say a relatable platform so don't get me wrong you can have aspirational content um you can have kind of that that polished content if you will but it is very much like a short form quick more relatable app whereas then you have Instagram which I love it to bits but I think we all know it has been very much more of a aesthetic app more of one where you might have to feel as though you fit a certain mold or certain type of um, feed or content, etc. Whereas mm. I feel like TikTok just allows people to be a bit more free with themselves, should we say? Um, it's not to say that people can't be like that on Instagram. I think it's just how it's been perceived over the years. Um, other differences wise, I would say, ooh. I think it is just the fact that TikTok is so short form video. Some people might find it a little bit hard to start to grasp and get into that because I think with Instagram, having been predominantly static images, it was easier, so to speak, to put out like a piece of content because you're not having to record yourself. You're not having to kind of put yourself out there even more. Mm. Um, Whereas TikTok is fully you are talking, you are doing this, you are basically showing yourself to the world. Um, yeah. Which is a positive as well. Um, it is, if yeah. you like it. <laughs> you <can use> it. <laughs> yeah, like it takes, I think, a while for you to realise no one's judging you, everyone's doing the same thing. Like yeah. some people might be wishing that they could do that. 
Um, and also, I think with the apps, what we need to learn, as much as they are marketing tools, we should just have fun with them. Um, there's so much pressure put onto the likes, the engagement, the comments, etc. Like, just mm, roll with fun. it, have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one of the main differences as well, which we've all known, but again, Instagram's creeping up to it, is that the reach is much higher on TikTok. I would say that's probably why it's much more favoured by a lot of talents as well, purely because the views seem to go off a lot more than Instagram do. I know they've incorporated reels now. So don't get me wrong, the views, etc., and the algorithm is kind of boosted and worked more in that favour to get you that reach. However, mm. TikTok, you can post one day, it'd be on about 2,000 likes or 2,000 views, should we say, and then a week later, you're on a million. Like, it's just... Yeah, it really goes viral. It, yeah, it can, it's a very... Crazy. It's just crazy, yeah. It's a very... A platform where you're, should we say, you don't know if it's going to hit the mark. Um, mm. However, it is a much more, should we say... Not much more. So it's just got an engaged audience behind it. And whatever, whatever the way the algorithm works, it works to the favour of influencers and content creators and people on the app. Yeah. So interesting to see what happens in the coming months as well mm. with, with both platforms, like how they come closer, maybe in the other opposite direction as well. Maybe they go in more split directions. Who knows? It's so much going on right now. Exactly. Like, I think you never know. Um I don't think they'll ever, should we say, marry up to work together, but I think they will always try and be on similar par and wavelength. So in mm. terms of like operations that they're doing, um, creator managers, um, the reels function, there's always going to be ways in which they're trying to sneakily outdo each other. The growth of TikTok as well in comparison to some other platforms in this last year. COVID probably has helped, but mm. has been so amazing that it's exciting to see where it will go next. And then how as marketers, we can adapt to that as well and see what we can do on the platform. So yeah. it's not just beneficial for content creators, obviously. It's um, it's beneficial for us all. It is. Speaking of that, so... Which brands would you say that TikTok is most suitable for when it comes to Ooh. marketing and reaching your audience? In honesty, and I'm not just saying this, I think there's a space for every brand on the platform. I think depending upon your strategy, how you want to work it, who you're working with, what the content is, etc., there's definitely space. It's just ensuring that that brand tone of voice, etc., I would say, is relayed correctly. Um there's a lot of companies, say, such as B2B, who work really, really well as well, and they probably never thought that would work. Mm. Um, yeah, I w- yeah. As long as, <laughs> as, as long as your audience is there, I guess. I yeah. mean, that's the, that's the key to everything. If you know where your audience are and how they want to spend their time and what they want to engage with, it shouldn't matter what kind of brand you are, even if it's, of course, exactly. more applicable maybe if you are a b2c brand if you have yeah. an audience that is like typical for tiktok yeah a hundred percent i think the only thing is some people are too sometimes frightful and scared to try out something new and thinking it might not work for them but i think unless you just test it roll with it have a go not to say that you need mm. to put a lot of like advertisement revenue behind it or sorry spend even behind it um 
but yeah you should like, like I said before just have fun with it test it trial mm. it if you feel it doesn't work for you then maybe it's not the medium for you but I truly believe there's some way in which everyone can adapt and kind of incorporate into their strategy I'm an absolute oh. TikTok lover I need to get a grip <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should. Everyone should start to follow you there. Do you share your own TikToks as well? <laughs> so I, <laughs> I say this. I love it and I love watching it. But I think with the madness of life, I've not done as many as I probably should do. Um, I'll I'll leave that up to the talents I manage for now. Um, and then I should get back into it. I say it and then end up doing emails or something classed as boring. Um, but no, I, I'll get back into it. Yeah, you should. Me too, definitely. I'm I'm not there either, really. I'm just a <laughs> consumer. I'm just consuming it. Mm-hmm. So I thought we would we would take a few, or there are a lot of misconceptions and myths around TikTok. When yeah. you talk to people, you hear the same things over and over again. And I thought we would take some of these, just go through them, and yeah, meet them or debunk them with the truth. Mm-hmm. So feel free to just mention all the misconceptions and myths that you can see are okay. coming around the platform. So I think ever since the beginning of it, everyone's always thought it's just an app for kids dancing. Um, they've also thought they're too old for it. Or they'll also think um, it's stupid. It's just a silly platform. So with, I would say, the kid the kids dancing don't get me wrong obviously because the way it was acquired I think it was predominantly um the younger generation doing dance moves they still do it on it there's no shame in that it's an artistic form if they feel like that's where they want to express it go wild yeah but I and I think it did kind of start very much along those lines but it also had such a comedic edge to it it had so many people who were great musicians singers um just an artist in general or even say your everyday person and I think people just got consumed with the fact that it was just the dancing and Mm. it is not as we all know now not just dancing it is not just children in their room doing the old dance move it's so much more than that and don't get me wrong over the past year it might be that it's grown out to these new should we say niches and it's become um more saturated in a positive way with um lots more different directions of art and but yeah basically it's not that's one of the main misconceptions I would say and especially with older generations and then the other one as well where people say they're too old for it you are literally not too old for it um there is so many different age brackets on there whether there be people who just consuming it like you said or the people who are actually acting as like a talent or a creator on there or just doing it for fun there's Mm. so much space for everyone um, I don't think age should be a limitation on what you use or what you do. There is Definitely. no part in that in life. Um, I agree. And I also think that many think, speaking of younger kids dancing, etc., I, I think many forget about that these kids will grow up in just a couple of years. They are mm-hmm. the buyers. Maybe they are not the strongest buying force today, but time mm-hmm. flies. And if you want to have a close relationship to this audience, you need to start really early because this is now when they connect with brands when they build relationships that will last for a long time I mean they will become 25 30 in just a couple of years exactly um, yeah you need to be there 100% again that's another one I would say is people think that you can't have like an effective ROI on TikTok and don't get me wrong it's a little bit should we say 
less easy to monetize as opposed to other platforms. However, in the last year, it has drastically um, grown in terms of how you can monetize it from a brand positioning or from a talent creator point of view. There is ways in which you can do it. And like you just said as well, um, it doesn't always have to be about, say, driving that initial ROI. A lot of brands will work off their brand positioning so making that relationship with the consumer or with creators mm. or people on the app, like you said, to build in for the years to come, to cement yeah. that brand positioning. So it doesn't have to be, oh, I've got an ROI, five, six, seven. For tomorrow. Great. Yeah. yeah like it's, it's not realistic sometimes. As we know as well, like depending upon your KPIs or your strategies, et cetera, for yourself or your brand or your agency or whatever, you might not be going for that ROI in that respect. You might be going for content you might be going for the engagement yeah. you might be going for the social growth like there's so much more um exactly. I think people just funnel it into one view and it's like no 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 and I mean it's no as long as you know what what role the channel will play in relation to your yeah. other social platforms in relation to your goals and KPIs it can be totally fine as you said to have content as the main KPI or mm-hmm. um yeah brand growth in the younger audience or whatever it is. 100%. Definitely. Mm. I think as well, some people don't understand the power of the Gen Z or any, not even just Gen Z, but people on social media, whether they're consuming it or a creator on it. Um, That's probably another story, but I think a lot of people think content creators, influencers aren't worth what they do, but, and I know I'm coming from a biased position, but they 100% are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only thing many see is the actual output like Mm -hmm. the post or whatever comes out of it but they don't see the many hours that is behind every single collaboration and and it's a you're a brand you're a business woman Mm. or business guy even (laughs) as an influencer and that should be taken seriously like completely 100 percent especially now with the way we're going to short form video or just video in general there is so much more workload in the background that people don't realize. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, there's probably times when they could do some short form video or a TikTok, et cetera, and it'd be very, 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 very short form and probably yeah, of quick turnaround. But then there's others that have the back and forth. The, yeah, there's so yeah. much to it that I think people don't realize. Definitely. Thank you, Emma, for sharing so much insights and uh, ideas around how brands can work with TikTok as a platform. No, thank you for having me. It's been great. Um, always good to chat. Yeah, if you need anything else, yeah. give me a shout. Definitely. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. And if the listeners want to see your TikTok videos and find more about <laughs> you, where should they go? Um, it's just Emma Louise Ryan, or you can go to the agency one, which probably would be much better, um, which is <laughs> LRI Agency. Cool. Thank you and have a nice day. Thank you. You too. Speak to you soon.